0: All right, here we go. We're live. Um, I think we're live. Let me just double check this real quickly. Always a little daunting on the, uh, the solo live shows to so make sure you're properly connected with the YouTube feed. Uh, but looks like we're all set. And uh, there we are. There's me talking to myself. So before we get started, I just want to say, I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and a hell of an engineer. A hell of a hell of a hell of a hell of an engineer. Like all the jolly good fellows, I drink my whiskey clear. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech, a hell of an engineer. Good on you to the boys from North Avenue. Uh, absolutely love it. That's uh, one of the, I don't know, look, it's Florida State podcast. We're going to talk Florida State, but that's one of the worst losses uh, I've seen a program have. And I don't know how you take your head coach seriously after that. So uh, that's where we'll get started. And um, I mean, the story for me yesterday was, was more what went on everywhere else around the world of college football. Uh, that that went about as well as it, it could, uh, as far as things go. Uh, if you're, you know, monitoring the national landscape and Think that Florida State has a chance to have a uh, a special year, and the fact that your two rivals have had uh, your in-state rivals have had two uh, pretty rough losses the past two weeks is uh, is only a good thing for Florida State. So Florida State moves to five and zero for the first time since uh, since 2015, I believe. Uh, I put a link in the comments. I'm, I'm never going to stay in y'all's ears about the Battles End, but if you want to support the Battles End, certainly BattlesEnd.com. It's there. And also, uh, there's a link to a one-time gift of $50 in reflection of Florida State moving to 5-0. Oh. So, um, apologies for not getting uh, something up last night, but yesterday was a lot of fun and, um, you know, not not a good idea for me to come on the the. the <laughs> the podcast drunk at 10 o'clock to, to talk about a game. So here we are in the morning and, um, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, the game, I, I know people are going to, uh, bemoan the second quarter and, and uh, understandably why. Um, and when you open it and, and they return the, uh, the kickoff there, uh, you know <laughs> a moment of anxiety but uh, honestly impressed with the the way the team responded um offense was uh, was about what we thought as far as um yesterday was the first day that you really had a chance to establish the running game and and great to see Trey Benson have the day that he did uh to Philly also uh, what is that that's the second touchdown uh that Lawrence uh, scores seems to have a, a rather patented move of of riding defenders and and uh, you know not not going down uh, for what appears to be a tackle there. So uh, against Clemson, it was uh, on a, on a pass play, and this one was a a run in the f- open field that uh, ended up not being down at the three, but rather scoring. So um, I don't know. I wouldn't call it like a pedestrian day for Jordan by any means. But what was he? I think he was eighteen of. 24, 18 of 23, 18 of 24, 170 yards, no, no interceptions. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think Jordan's uh, like going to win the Heisman. So I don't know that we need to concern ourselves with that. Uh, Jordan appeared to be healthy uh, by all accounts and uh, certainly felt much more comfortable running the ball than he did the last time we saw him. So, um, that's really all that I'm gonna take away as far as the quarterback play uh Benson 11 carries for I think, 201 200 um, and had a couple of uh really nice long runs there I don't uh I don't have access to these things but I'd love to know what the what the GPS said um, on a couple of those runs uh, I imagine that Trey got probably somewhere around 20 or 21 miles uh, an hour and that's that's what he is capable of uh you know big physical guy who also has uh pretty you know pretty elite top end speed so uh great to see him have the day that he did tophily was six carries for 50 yards um, and a touchdown and um, you know impressive day for him I just want to point out it was great to see Destin Hill uh get involved in in while he only had one reception a, a impressive catch uh was that uh, for 30 yards and just a, a flash as to what that guy is capable of there have been days at practice where Destin Hill it looks like I don't know if he's your best wide receiver because you know Keon and Johnny are, or Keon and Johnny but um he's that's that's a special player uh, and he is uh, only going to continue to grow into the offense and, and be a more prominent part of it. Um, let me see. So I don't have anything official on, uh, on Johnny, as far as an injury goes, I don't, I wouldn't be real concerned about that. I think that's, uh I think that's just, I would, you know, again, we'll see what, uh what officially comes from the program, but I would be surprised if you don't see Johnny next week, maybe, maybe you, uh, you know, maybe you sit him for a week but uh, I don't think that's anything too serious uh Kyle Morlock featured a little bit more prominently than we've seen him four catches for 30 yards and was a uh you know was was a part of the offense from almost from snap one so uh Jaheim Bell is the the bigger story there at uh, tight end only only took so many plays so I will wait for uh, official word as to if that was a an injury uh, and, and if so, what the, you know, what the situation is there. So I'm long winded way of saying that I'm, you know, more, more curious as to what the report is on Bell than, than, uh, than Wilson this morning. So I did see that. uh, I did see that Prince that, uh, that he tweeted out that he was straight and it was, he was good. So yeah, I think Johnny's, uh, I think Johnny's going to be fine Um, as far as the defense goes. You know, if, look, the defense gave up 10 points. Um, that kid's going to, you know, is going to create some opportunities for himself. Um, you don't, you know, you don't like seeing him haul off for 50 yards or whatever, but um, I'm, I don't have any complaints really with, with what you saw from the defense. I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, a unit that is going to continue to, you uh, to grow but from coming off a of bye week that was uh that was a good showing unfortunate that az doesn't get uh credit for the pick there That was a just a i mean that's uh that's azaria he's he's just one of the, probably one of the more impressive raw athletes on the team and uh great to see him flash like that uh for those of you that were concerned about uh, jared versus sack numbers uh he had a had himself a day and uh yeah, I'm not even really going to talk about that much because Jared Versus has been very, very good all year. He just didn't have the, you know, he just didn't have the the box score numbers to to correspond to it. And great to see him get get two sacks yesterday. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to ask some some questions or we'll talk about it. I just don't know that it's a, a game of like hyper analysis. Really, uh, it was a. Um, you know, you, you got off the, or you got up on them relatively early. They had the second quarter. Uh, the, you know, they respond with a, a kickoff return. But, you know, Benson immediately takes one to the house. And not that my uh, feelings or thoughts or emotions matter, but I'll just tell you, you know, being in the stands, it was never a game that I thought was particularly in doubt. And was never a game that I thought would end up, uh, you know, as anything other than, than kind of how it did. I think Bud and I were somewhere in mid-40s, middle teens. So, you know, relatively close as to what we thought the uh, the ultimate score would be. Um, really good to see uh, Conrad Hussey have the play that, that he did. Um, that's, I mean, the hit is awesome, but to see that kid diagnose and get to the ball uh in the manner that he did on that uh that screen i also thought that might have been a um i I, I, don't, I thought that ball was live i, I thought that should have been ruled a a fumble i don't know if it was a forward pass or not it looked like it was uh it, it looked to me like that could have could have ended up being a, a live ball so um yeah Tanner bethune I'm, i see a lot of uh comments there i don't have uh any update on that i do uh I will. I will inquire, and you know, we'll have more information for you uh, tomorrow night. And uh, I don't know if that was. Uh, uh, I don't. I'm not sure where he would have uh, picked up an injury. I believe he was healthy, pretty healthy, going into that game. So, um, yeah, I will. Uh, I will agree with this comment, as you know, somebody that. Uh, I didn't grow up in Virginia, but, you know, went to college there and, and have uh, family from from there. And I go back to Virginia an awful lot. Uh, it is it is strange to see, you know, where Virginia Tech was 20 years ago and, you know, where they are now. Um, I will say that. That was always a getting that many kids from the 757 area code, Newport News, Va Beach, etc., over to, you know, Virginia Tech is basically in Roanoke. Um, you know, that that is, it's not next door. I'll put it that way. It's, you know, it's across the state. And from a cultural perspective, it's on the other side of the world. So I don't, I was always curious as to how much of a stranglehold Virginia Tech would be able to have on that area. And for those of you that aren't familiar, I mean, that is outside of, Dallas, Atlanta, or Miami, that, that may be the most fertile recruiting ground in the country, uh, at a level of athlete that comes out of that area um, from a from a broader perspective, uh, not just football. You know, that, that may be, like, the most athletic area of the country as far as if you look at, like, track stars, boxers. Um, it is that, you know, the Virginia Beach, uh, Newport News, except in Hampton uh, is just a uh, you can you can go back and look from a football perspective. It's Lawrence Taylor, Mike Vick, uh, just a ton of ton of guys. And um, Pernell Whitaker is a boxer from that area. And uh, I believe they've had a lot of a lot of people that have gone on to uh, do big things in, in track and field and other sports like that. So I. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Virginia Tech in general. Um, I don't know. You know, obviously, everybody in the ACC right now is mindful of conference realignment, and um, I would be, you know, I would be concerned uh, if I were them as to you know what their what their ultimate option might be. And then that that has changed significantly. Where even ten years ago, um, I would have. Considered Virginia Tech to be a pretty attractive um, candidate for a couple of conferences. So, yeah, it's enough time on uh, on Virginia Tech from a, a macro perspective, but it is a program that sits at two and four, and um, you know I don't see a whole lot of super bright days uh, ahead of them. So. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a dart. I appreciate your comments and, and agree with them. I mean, that was the, uh, those were the two big pieces that uh, the ACC grabbed from the, the big, the then uh, Big East. And, um, you know, obviously Miami's uh, done absolutely nothing uh, since being in the conference and, and Virginia Tech is, uh, <laughs> is right there with them. So um, not the, not the team or the program that you uh, you thought you were getting when you added them. Um, so, what was their first year in the ACC? 2005, 2006? Something like that, yeah. Allen Iverson from that area uh, of Virginia. Ronald Curry, if that name rings a bell with you guys. Ronald Curry was actually in the same class as Michael Vick, and Ronald Curry was um, – Ronald Curry might have been the most – Recruited high school athlete, um, I don't know of all time. That, that may be a little bit, uh, a little bit strong. But he was legitimately. He was the only player. I think there's been one or two other. But like when I was fully like in love with recruiting as a uh, as a kid, he was the only player that I had ever seen that was a USA Today All American as a junior, um, and that used to be that all-american team used to be one of the bigger benchmarks like it was parade all-american usa today um and as a recruit nick you just i i actually sent all this stuff to bud a couple years ago um and and he needs to send it back to me so bud um you, you can get on that when you got a second but uh yeah i used to cut all these things out of the out of the newspaper and just save them because it was a it was cool to see uh, you know year over year and to see where kids went. But anyways, Ronald Curry was as recruited a kid as there was. Uh, ended up signing with UNC. Played a little bit of basketball as well. Um, I think played in the NBA. Uh, no, no, he played as a wide receiver in the NFL. Excuse me, uh, but a guy that was legitimately considered um, one of the top prospects in football and a, uh, a super elite basketball recruit as well. So. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's hard not to talk about Miami this morning. Um, it's just like, uh, man, when you lose a game like that, and not only did you lose the game, that was your, that was your BOGO, dog. That was where you, uh, that was where you got your tickets for the, uh, Texas A&M game. And, oh, Miami. Oof. Oof. That'll, I'll be, I'll be very interested to see what the, um you know, the the longer implications of that. That is not the first time that Mario Cristobal has done something like that. There was a game against uh, Stanford in 2018, if I remember, that basically the same thing played out. Um, so when you're the head coach and you're directly responsible for your team losing because of your in-game decision-making, and I don't mean like, oh, you played – this kid rather than that one or something that could be subjective. Well, this is clear cut, like Miami lost because of their head coach. Uh, that's like, uh, that's going to have some, that's going to have some fallout uh, and that will be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. Maybe I'm making too much of it, but I, you know, I, th- I think you have a hard time looking at some of the kids uh, in, in your locker room after that. And yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see what the the ultimate implications are, but it was a uh, it was a a big weekend for Miami as far as uh, recruiting and other things. And you know, I think fans tend to overestimate how much like oh, if a kid goes and sees a team lose or something like that, that's not as look. If you lose five in a row or something like that, then yeah, that's a that can that could be a problem. But kids don't make a decision based off one game. Uh, but I do think that that is a uh, it's a big damn deal. And it'll be interesting to see how, how the program as a whole uh, responds to that. And look, when you've got, you know, fierce rivalries with Duke and Georgia tech, it's tough. You know, sometimes they, they jump up and get you. And uh, it was just another, another example of how, uh, how the ACC is a absolute meat grinder and and teams that uh, you don't think necessarily beat Miami have a habit of doing that. So uh, that's a, that's a toughie, as my uh, my friend Jeff Cameron likes to say. So, um, yeah, guys, look, you're 5-0. Uh, you're one of the more stable programs in the country, and that's kind of an interesting turnabout. Uh, but you got a great head coach who's built a uh, strong support staff uh, around him, and um, I think Florida State's in a really really good place. Uh, doesn't mean that. You know they won't lose a game this year or something like that but um you know from a program perspective uh i think florida state's as uh, as stable and attractive as it has been and you know probably since 2015 um and will be interesting to see what the what the long-term ramifications uh are for that you've got a head coach that you know by all counts, you uh you think will be here for the foreseeable future i don't know that mike uh is an nfl guy maybe he is maybe you know there's probably a piece of everybody that wants to try their 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 trade uh at the highest level but um i think you're think you're in a really good place so um that's that's more of a longer term conversation that we can watch and monitor and uh and see how it goes. But uh, Florida State is 5-0. and Florida State is a top five program. Uh, we'll worry about the, the polls if you want to worry about them uh, in November. And uh, we'll be interesting to see what the, you know, what the playoff rankings look like when they're, uh, is that week eight, I think, where you start to see that. So we're not all that far uh, away from turning our eyes to that. And, you know, I don't really give a damn what the, what the polls say. Um, they're, not particularly important and I've kind of been rendered meaningless um, when it comes to, when it comes to the, the playoff air. So uh, yeah, if you guys got any questions, I'll do my best to, uh, to answer them, but uh nice solid win for Florida state. I really don't think there's a ton to take away from the game. Uh, maybe a couple dings and dents that we'll get a, a better idea from an injury perspective, but uh, I don't think anything occurred that's going to, you know, shape the course of your season. Um, <coughs> excuse me, um, but otherwise a, a nice solid win, uh, you know, 22-point win and uh, and you move on and uh, you look at Syracuse next week and then Duke after that nice little three-game home stretch here um, that uh, I think Florida State needed. It's been a little bit of a, I don't want to say hectic, but you open with a, you know, you open with a a neutral site game, play Southern Miss, travel to Boston. Uh, It's just good, good little stretch here for Florida State to, uh, you know, to make the most of. And and also, um, you know, yesterday was a sellout. Yesterday was, dude, you could sell not fantastic tickets yesterday for like 85 or 90 bucks on the secondary market. I mean, that's a it's a great thing for Florida State. The Southern Miss game was a—I think you had sixty-five thousand people come through the stands. That's that's a great thing, and I expect Syracuse to probably sell out if it uh, if it hasn't already. And uh, I believe the Duke has already been announced as a sellout. So, um, great stuff from a program perspective, and you know, having that many people come through Tallahassee is only you know good for the. Good for the local economy and and good for all the other sports that, you know, football kind of helps to drive the the economic engine. So uh, what's your opinion of Syracuse after the Clemson game? No, I mean, Syracuse is just, they are kind of, this is just kind of what they do. You know, they, they start relatively strong frequently aided by a schedule that's, you know, not all that super impressive. And uh, I don't, you know, we'll, we'll have next week to dive deeper into the Syracuse game, but that's not um, something that I'm, you know, particularly concerned about at this point. Um, Bandana Gramps asks, if we make the playoffs, do we keep Alex Atkins next year? Uh, yeah, I, I think Alex Atkins, uh, I mean, look, anything can happen. Uh, Alex is a super dynamic coach who's exceptionally highly thought of. Um but I you know, I don't get the feeling that he like there are coaches that <laughs> our old friend Walt Bell. Um so like Walt Bell uh was like basically it was known that like Walt Bell wanted to be a head coach before he was ever really an offensive coordinator. And that's, that's not the way you do it. You know, you need to you need to grow. In, there's a reason why you climb the coaching hierarchy, the coaching chain. And it's that you, you know, have a better idea as to what is exactly expected from you as a, you know, whether it be if you go analyst, position coach, coordinator, head coach, whatever the, the track may be, um, you know, you need to, you need to fully pour in to being that um, station that you are in life. And I, I think Alex, you uh, you know, has gone from a uh, position coach to, to, coordinator. And obviously this is, you know, Mike Norvell's offense and, and Mike is one of the few uh, play calling head coaches, but you're still getting a great experience uh, as an offensive coordinator. And I think the, I think Alex is, is patient ultimately with, with what he's wants to do from a career perspective. So long-winded way of saying that I, I think you have Alex Atkins for uh, a year or two and look, if you go to uh if you go to the playoffs and Alex Atkins gets some kind of a fantastic job offer then credit to him and you're happy for him and that's you know that's what happens when you when you work under Mike Norvell. Uh, he's uh always you know getting people promoted and it does get more challenging the further you get away from being So that is kind of the great challenge for coaches as they age and mature is that like, you know, when you're an offensive coordinator, you've got a much better idea as to who maybe some of the younger coaches, younger talent pieces are out there. And it's easier to identify younger coaches and go hire them. When you're a head coach, you've got so many responsibilities and so many things asked of you that it is hard to have your finger on the pulse exactly of younger and upcoming coaches. And that's always going to be a challenge. Uh, but, you know, Mike seems to be particularly talented at identifying people. And if opportunities find themselves for Alex Atkins, or Adam Fuller, or whoever it may be, um, I think you've got a head coach that you can have a uh, a reasonable degree of confidence is going to continue to make solid choices with the, the people that he surrounds himself with. So um all right, y'all. Five and Sunday morning NoCast It's been great. Uh been very poor on my part, and I'm 25 minutes in and haven't thanked Nary a single sponsor. So uh the legendary team of Chad and Shannon, uh always are a driving force behind the NoCast. 844 FSU loan, eight four four FSU loan. Our good friends at Madison Social and all the for the table restaurant group properties. Uh Madison Social was was absolutely uh was was beyond packed on friday night so uh great to see those guys continue to do well and uh matt lewis and and the team at congruity are always uh always people that we wholeheartedly endorse and uh would encourage you to give you know five or ten minutes if you're looking to receive support from whether it be hr payroll or uh anything else you can you can uh that you would possibly need to, to make your business run in a more efficient and optimized manner. So congruityhr.com is the website there. So look, we'll turn our attention to Syracuse, uh, and Duke, uh, homecoming game. I'm excited about that. It'll be the first time my mom has come back to Tallahassee since graduating from Florida state in the, uh, in the late sixties, I believe. So, uh, I particularly am excited for the, the Duke game and, um, yeah, it's look, it's a fun year, man. Being five, and know is pretty, pretty damn cool. Uh, I would just enjoy it. And yeah, if you want to turn your attention to what's going on nationally, uh, you know, you can, and I think that's warranted. Um, survive in advance, win games, get younger kids uh, playing time and and continue to establish yourself as a, very healthy and, and attractive program, um, and I think Florida State is uh, is absolutely doing that. So, um, if you're five and zero and you know want to want to dissect uh, everything that that goes wrong, I certainly understand that. And you know, there's uh, there's <laughs> content for you that, that you can go around and, and look at. I'm not disparaging anybody, um, but on the whole, I don't. I mean. Just speaking from from myself, this is this feels like uh, the healthiest Florida State has been since since you know Jimbo Fisher's run in the in the middle of the last decade. So uh, great to you know great to get back to that place and uh, and be seen as as one of the premier programs in the country. So uh, it's a uh, it's fun times, and I think this season is, is only going to continue to be very enjoyable. So we'll be back. We'll get Bud's uh, opinion on the game and uh, look forward to, uh, you know, Bud's always got a, got a zinger in his back pocket when it comes to the University of Miami. Perhaps that's why we've uh, gotten along as well as we have uh, over the 15 years or whatever it's been. So, uh, you know, mutual, mutual interest and appreciation there uh, from both of your hosts. Of the Nolecast, so um, Florida State five and zero. Miami loses game because their head coach doesn't understand in game coaching, and uh, that's a that's a that's a great pairing to uh to to have on a college football weekend. So very much appreciate the support that the cast, uh has received historically. If you guys want to like the stream, um, give us a five-star rating on iTunes um, that's not quite as important as it used to be but still influential and uh that's uh that's gratefully appreciated so uh with that I'll wrap it up you guys can go to battlesend.com if you have an interest uh I did put a one-time gift link in the uh, comments as well um which I think takes you to a $50 one-time pledge and in, in reflection of Florida State being 5-0 so uh Love y'all. Talk soon. Knowles. And uh, I'll probably sing the Georgia Tech fight song one or two more times as I drive back to Atlanta. See you guys later.